Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, David Sit will join us to discuss Refocused. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Back to the Grox Science Show. Well, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. David Sitt. Dr. Sitt is a tenured professor at Baruch College, where he exposes undergraduate students to psychology, cutting-edge research, and mysteries of the brain. He also trains the next generation of therapists in CBT at the graduate level. As a clinician, he specializes in treating adults with ADHD, anxiety, mood disorders, and employs innovative techniques. He has penned the new book entitled ADHD Refocused, Bringing Clarity to the Chaos. Dr. Sith, thank you for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Pleasure to be here, Charles. Well, great book you've put together here, ADHD Refocused, where you talk about fresh perspective on living with ADHD. And I'm curious why you decided to put this book together. I'm, you know, my, my life story related to this book is that I diagnosed myself with ADHD at the foot of graduate school. I was maybe two years old, starting off in a, in a five, six-year journey and uh, thought I had what it t- took to, to meet the demands. And one day I had a professor or one, one semester I had a professor who said, you know, I'm very serious about my class. And, and I'll tell you if, you, if you hand a paper in late, you fail this class. And sure enough, I, I deployed my best last-minute procrastination methodologies to get that 50-page paper done, and I fell short by 15 minutes. And when I handed the paper in, the professor reviewed it, gave me high marks on the content, but failed me for being late. And when he pulled me in, he said, David, I think you've got something going on here that, that you're not aware of. It might be ADHD. I need you to get evaluated if you're going to stay in this class, which I did. And I learned that I was diagnosed with ADHD and my mind was blown. I then jumped in to figure out how do I deal with this as an adult at this point? I'm no longer, I'm not a child, I'm not an adolescent. And there was such little available, this is 20 plus years ago, that at that moment I said, I'm gonna be part of the community that fills the void, that fills the space in understanding ADHD in adults. And writing, getting a book out was one of my goals. It only took me five years to do, but love and procrastination, I got it done. And so that's what, that's what went into getting this book out there. For those who have ADHD, especially those who find out about it in adulthood, it's something of a shock where you're not prepared to deal with it. Yeah, most definitely. Many people, especially these days, who experience a high amount of distractibility, significant amount of siphoned attention due to the technology-heavy society we live in, many people are beginning to question, is my is my mind that feels separated or, you know, divided into many areas? Is this due to this ADHD or, or something else? So many people are seeking this question. Uh, and I talk about that at length in this book of mine, where there is this ADHD kind of inborn and, and part of our developmental state. 
But there's also something that I label techno ADD, which many of us might experience. And I, and I really present both ADHD and this techno ADD side by side, and then present a long list of approaches, techniques, methods, methods and mindsets to help improve probabilities of success wherever you stand on that spectrum. For those individuals who have a predisposition for distractibility and adding them into this environment, does that just complicate things even more? No, no doubt. Someone has a, a predisposition towards poor eyesight. And now I, I put them in an environment where it's very difficult for them to see clearly, maybe because of low light or other variables, it, we're, we're going to be taxing them even further. And so someone with ADHD or predisposition towards it, add them into a space with technology, their phone, their tablets, their computer screen with, with multiple tabs open. This is going to be a, a challenge for them to harness their focus and their ability to direct their awareness in those moments. How do we tell if distractibility or focus is due to the environmental onslaught or is it born with Do we need professional testing or is there ways we can sort of distinguish whether it might be one or the other or both? So it's a great question, Charles. And I would tell you, I know our viewers who are listening today that if you have a question about what's at play here, if you find this increased distractibility and disorganization. And again, to have ADHD, there's 18 symptoms that are listed in the, AD, in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual and, and several others that aren't even noted in the book. You need to seek out an evaluation from someone who understands the, the depth of the disorder of ADHD and can make those distinctions, that they can ask the right questions to differentiate, is this something that has been with you across your lifespan or has it gotten Worse because you got the newest phone and or your job became overwhelming and suddenly now you're feeling the distraction. So, so you, you need to be able to discern with a professional's input. There's been much made about how there's engineered to keep us glued and distracted, teasing ourselves apart from that part of it as possible. There's no question that we're up against a multi-trillion dollar industry. Us against technology in this sense. And no question about it. This steady stream of distraction, this in, these impulsivity labs that are being designed for us that are, again, siphoning our ability to stay in tended focused zone is a, it's a real Goliath they're up against. For any one of us to try to take charge and kind of get a handle on the spotlight of our awareness, we need to put concerted effort in. And that's true for those of us with ADHD and for those of us without it, but have this techno-ADD experience. It requires a real concerted effort. What have you found are some common misconceptions or the misunderstandings about it and, and people ought to know about ADHD? I think it's similar to what we've been talking about. The misconceptions are that, you know, you hear both ends of the spectrum. Everybody has ADHD and, and therefore nobody has ADHD. Uh, in a sense, the idea that it is simply about being distracted. That's what ADHD is about. It's, it's simply about being distracted. And that's a big misconception. The reality of, a, of living with ADHD, myself, the clients that I work with day in, day out, we can tell you the depth of pervasiveness and, and, and dysfunctionality that we go through is across multiple domains. We're dealing with a struggle for attention. We're dealing with difficulties in time management. We're dealing with a brain that can't even effectively measure the movement of time. We're dealing with 
difficulty with organization skills. We might be dealing with ongoing struggles with staying focused during conversations with people. We might be, you know, and the list goes on. And so it's not just simply, I can't focus, or it's not just simply tension being pulled off by a screen. There's much more to this. And the emotional regulation piece, which is what's not even discussed in the DSM itself, arguably one of the most impactful aspects of ADHD is the emotional difficulties that people go through, the byproducts of guilt and shame and depression and anxiety that come about when you have a daily battle. Every day you show up in in a ring with a sparring partner that's pulling you down and you have to put all this effort into rise up and bring your best and that can wear you down. And so you know, to people who feel that it, it, it is a mis, you know, it's overdiagnosed or it's uh, maybe not, uh, not even real, I say live in our shoes for a day and, and you, might, you might see differently. What are the avenues then that you found that you've recommended for folks in terms of trying to be able to mitigate some of those challenges that they might face? My approach to helping my clients understand ADHD and live, as I say, with higher probabilities of success involve a core four techniques. The first of those areas is to work on what we call these executive functionings or these daily functioning aspects of ADHD, tackling procrastination, time management, organization skills, you know, organizing your space, organizing trips and plans and projects. That requires a lot of preparation. It requires your ability to externalize out of your mind what you might think you can hold on to in your mind. In my book, I present a three-tiered task management system that helps you get out of your mind all of what you have going on and in a funnel-down manner, helps you move through decision-making of priorities and where, where, where and when I should do things. So executive functioning is the first area. And I, and I present a lot of techniques and, and hacks in the ADHD Focus book. The second area, as I referred to earlier, has to do with emotional regulation. How do you tackle these byproducts? We might use techniques from the cognitive behavioral therapy realm, learning how to gain perspective of our emotions, learning how to shift perspective. We then introduce a lot of mindfulness techniques. It might be meditation itself. It might be how to increase self-compassion, which is so important for living with ADHD. And then the the fourth core approach is to build a community around yourself so that you can get through this. Uh, One great example, you know, I have this all in my book. I also worked on an app called Agave Health. Agave Health is an app that brings all of these elements together in one place for the adult ADHD community. And it's a really wonderful way to leverage technology to help enhance our daily living with ADHD. So, you know, these are all important uh, techniques and ideas that we present in the book and in other places. Finding community is extremely helpful in, in, in many aspects of mental health. And it can oftentimes be challenging for folks finding that community. Yes, most definitely. And, and that's an area where technology has helped us leverage and scale up. So it might be a, a website like uh, a, uh, ADDA.org, uh, ADA, or even chad.org is a great organization. I love the Attitude Magazine website. It's a great resource for people to get together and talk and learn. And then there are many apps out there where communities are emerging, whether it be on Reddit, again, on our app, Agave Health. We have a whole community feature. So there's no shortage of communities that are engaging on on Facebook, across other platforms. You just have to spend some time looking and, and you'll find that community. You'll find that place. 
What have you found that uh, have oftentimes been the biggest uh, roadblocks or where they've uh, a little more difficulty in overcoming? And what have you found have been the greatest successes, the places where it struck home for them and really improved their lives? I'd say the biggest frustration that I find with clients is th- this: the notion of the daily grind. The notion that I had a great day or I had a great week and then I hit the asphalt. I splattered. And how do I get up again? That frustration can stop people from going back into the well to draw out more water. And the thing about living with ADHD is this philosophical shift that one has to really think deeply about and understand. I am not going to change, uh, rather, I'm not going to fix or eradicate this. I have to learn how to live in relationship with my ADHD. And I have to develop that relationship with daily awareness. And I'm going to have good days and I'm going to have bad days. And I have to give myself a lot of love and self-compassion to get through the long haul of this. And, and to me, that kind of encaptures both the biggest struggle that people face. And when I do my work with clients and we go deep into this process, it shows the greatest victory. When people have that shift and they realize it's okay to have a bad day. I don't believe in 100%. I talk about this in my book. I'm an 80% as the, as the new 100 I strive to get to 80. And that's excellent. If I can do that consistently, even even 50% on a consistent basis will get me very far. But I need to shift my mindset. I have to refocus and bring that clarity so that I can sustain this effort in the long haul. Medications to try and treat ADHD. To what extent do you think that uh, that should be part of a regime? Should it be complementary? How do you feel the two interact? I am a big believer that people should definitely consider medications in their toolkit, in their toolbox. It is a very well-established tool with many years of support behind it. But, but no two people are the same. And most definitely, one should not skip the skills for the pills. I say this again, don't skip the skill just to take the pills because the skills are crucial. You need to avail yourself of what methods will help you maximize the effects of the medication if you go that well. But everyone's different. I myself don't take my medication every day. I take it occasionally. That's me, my decision, based on my awareness and my deep understanding of my ADHD. There was a time when I took it daily. There was a time when my medication was up to 70 milligrams of Vyvanse or 40 milligrams of Adderall. And then I took on meditation. And I took on these techniques that I talk about, and I have moved my medication to five milligrams of Adderall when I need it. That's my experience based on my understanding of, of my ADHD. And I encourage people to explore and find their balance. Sort of tuning as you go because it's going to change over time. 100%. What's been the thing that surprised you the most in, in terms of your own journey with ADHD and, and your journey with others in terms of their dealing with ADHD? What surprised me the most is the incredible diversity that exists among us in the ADHD world. The amount of creativity that comes out from the ADHD mind, the ability for people to harness the upsides, which we didn't talk much about today, but the upsides of ADHD, that hyper-focus ability, the creativity, the ability to work well under pressure. I have seen such incredible achievements from my uh, clientele. Of course, I've seen the difficulty as well, but I've seen the high achievements. And that has blown me away across my career, seeing the depths that people, especially if they take advantage of these types of methods and, my, method and, and mindsets, 
how far they can go, what they can achieve in their lives. That's what's been most humbling to me in, in writing this book and doing the research for the book and interviewing people for the book. And even in my own, in my own achievement of this book, I take great pride because this was really hard for me to do with my own ADHD. It's definitely what I've taken from this journey. Well, that really is an inspiring note and probably we'll close on and, and explore a bit more. I mean, so what can you share some uh, success stories or power that ADHD can actually uh, bring people? It's really detriment, but something that can actually enhance their life. Oh, well, yeah, I have some, some great stories of clients that I've worked with. I've, I have a client who works in the fashion world, and this particular person um, struggled with getting organized, figuring out how to set up her long-term vision. And so what she started to do was outsource things. She realized that she had to work on her strengths, and her strengths were the creativity, were her ability to interact with, with other people and kind of sell the products that she was developing. And so what she did is she got organized with this three-tier system. She aligned her life in the categories of her life. It wasn't one big long list of things to do. She realized that's a categories and think my, in my life in these separate kind of departments and funnel them down and be organized and delegate what has to be delegated. And she was able to maximize her strengths and minimize her weaknesses along with doing things like meditating when she could, along with doing things like working on her emotions that they were getting out of hand and giving herself a lot of self-compassion. And she exploded, exploded her fashion line. I, you know, obviously we can't get details, but her fashion line exploded through using these techniques and she never looked back. People picking up the book, what would you like them really to uh, be their take home message regarding ADHD refocused? I'd say that if you can get your hands on, on the ADHD Refocus book, and, and you can also learn about me on my website on drsit.com and learn about the book and, and my philosophy, to pull from it what resonates for you. It's one of those books where you don't have to read every page. You can go into sections that speak to you and experiment. Try out one or two of the techniques and see if it can move the needle in your probabilities of success and realize that by default, every day you're going to wake up and the, the meters will go back down to zero. We will have to show up every day and put our hands on the dial and make adjustments so that we can maximize each and every day. And if there's a day that doesn't go well, that is okay. Go back to the book, refer back to some of the techniques and tools, and hopefully you can find your ADHD in a refocused manner and you can bring clarity to the chaos of your life. We were talking with Dr. David Sitt. His new book, ADHD Refocused, Bringing Clarity to the Chaos. Dr. Sitt, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. It's been my pleasure. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.